This is episode number 307 with AI engineer Mark Sarfati. Welcome to the Super Data Science Podcast. My name is Kirill Eremenko, data science coach and lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you inspiring people and ideas to help you build your successful career in data science. Thanks for being here today. And now let's make the complex simple. This podcast is brought to you by Blue Life AI. Blue Life AI is a company that empowers businesses to make massive profits by leveraging artificial intelligence at no upfront cost. That's correct. You heard it right. We are so sure about artificial intelligence that we will create a customized AI solution for you and you won't need to pay unless it actually adds massive value to your business. So if you're interested to try out artificial intelligence in your business, go to www.bluelife.ai, fill in the form and we'll get back to you as quick as possible. So once again, that's www.bluelife.ai and Adelan and I both look forward to working together with you. Welcome back to the Super Day Science Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Super excited to have you back here on the show today. And today's guest is super special. Today we've got Mark on the podcast. Mark is an AI engineer who's working with Blue Life and helping us solve massive challenging projects. Uh, and it just so happens that today uh, or this week, we are together in Switzerland and we decided to use this opportunity to record a podcast. And in the process, I got to know Mark a bit better and you will get to know him too. So here are a couple of things that we discussed. First of all, we talked about how the thoughts that you choose can affect the way you live. A very interesting, deep conversation there. Then we talked about university education versus online education. Uh, Mark completed one of the top schools on machine learning in the world. And I think you'll be interested to hear his opinion on how online education compares to uh, in-person university education. Uh, we also talked about Mark's systematic approach to solving problems, to solving machine learning challenges, and you'll find some valuable takeaways there. Then we talked about why Mark quit Spotify. So Mark was actually building neural networks at Spotify, had a, an amazing job there, and you, in this podcast, you'll find out why he gave it up. Also, we talked about uh, comfort zone, stepping out of your comfort zone, what it means, and uh, what kind of manifestations that can have. And those are just five examples of topics that we covered in this podcast. I'm sure you will find plenty more useful insights here. I'm super pumped for you to meet Mark. And without further ado, I bring to you AI engineer, Mark Sarfati. Welcome back to the Super Day Science Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Super excited to have you back here on the show. And today I've got... Mark, returning from the previous episode. Mark, how are you going? I'm doing great. For those who don't know, Mark is our AI engineer at Blue Life AI. And it's a company where we do artificial intelligence consulting to help businesses make massive profits with no upfront costs. And uh, Adlan just left to the airport, right? Yeah, he just did. So it's just you and me now. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and what I wanted to talk about today is a really cool thing you told me mm -hmm. like a few days ago. Yes. It's not about the thing, it's about where it's coming from. Yes, exactly. What does that mean? Such an interesting quote. Um, to me, so I'm very interested uh, in, uh, in spirituality and I've, uh, I've been in a self-development uh, journey for quite a while. And to me, it's very critical to understand the notion of like differentiating basically the thing from the thing, the, the place it's coming from. You can do two, like the main, the main thing in two different uh, paradigms, which are completely different. Um, one very like simple example is when you are working on something that really excites you, you can spend hours upon hours upon hours working on it without feeling like it's work. It's just fun. Yeah. And sometimes you have to do something that someone forces you to do and you, you really don't want to do it. And every single second of like spent on working on this feels like a huge pain. Yeah. It's basically you're doing the same thing, but uh, what the difference between these two examples is the place it's coming from. Uh -huh. And it can it can either come from a place of inspiration where you're when you you have the 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 will and the, the the joy and the happiness to do it, or from place of desperation, which is something to do you do to escape something. Uh -huh. Very interesting. Okay, so it's like in the words I think Tony Robbins would say you're either coming from a place of fear, a pain, or a place of pleasure. Yes, exactly. You're either chasing mm -hmm. something that you want or you're running away from something. It's like a push-pull, mm -hmm. right? You can either be pushed to do something exactly. or you can be like pulling. Exactly. Which one do you think is better? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously doing things from inspiration leads yeah. to like you, you, it feels like you, you have much more energy to, to, to spend. You have much more joy doing the, the things. Of course, like it's yeah. a no brainer. Yeah. That's interesting. And actually, Yesterday we had this conversation that mm -hmm. we've got, uh, we're at this client site where they're undergoing the digital transformation. We've identified six use cases where we can add value. And it was interesting, very interesting for me to have that conversation where you said, like, obviously I can't work on everything. Mm -hmm. I want to work on the thing that I get inspired the most. Mm -hmm. And the, like right behind us <laughs> on, the, on the wall there right now. Um, they were all written out there. So how do you decide what inspires you? Usually you just know it. It's really obvious. Uh, I would totally, I, I mean, I'm, one of my main rules in life is to always follow my intuition because I really believe like you have a GPS inside you that exactly knows where you, where you want to go and when you're, where, where is best for you to go. Uh -huh. So I tend to really listen to uh, basically how you feel. If you feel good about some, sometimes you use the word, I have a good feeling yeah. like, uh, doing this. To me, this is like a super powerful uh, guidance system that you can just follow and it will give you ultimately the best feeling and the best results. Very strange hearing that from an AI engineer. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> how do you combine the two? Um, the logic and the feeling. Uh, hard, hard to say. I didn't. I, I come from a very scientific background, so I, I, I started my spiritual journey. I would say very recently. So it's a. Uh, it's hard to. It's, it's hard to com combine both. I mean, I don't. I don't feel the need to combine both. I I, I like doing uh, data science. I like doing like the, the math, mm -hmm. but I also enjoy the spiritual aspect of life. Okay. Uh, and I enjoy them separately. Okay. Gotcha. And do you ever come into situations where 
you they the two contradict each other like your logic tells you to do one thing but your feeling tells you to do another thing yeah of course yeah you follow your feeling yeah i i, I mean i try to always follow my feeling because it's hard to uh the the, the minds like the thinking mind is uh it's very strong so sometimes uh like the, like no one will see why you you want to make a decision and you, all the all the evidence uh show that you should do something but yeah. the feeling uh tells you to do something else so even though it's hard i, tr I try to always feel my my gut feeling to, to follow my gut feeling do you have an example like that a recent one um where you all the evidence suggested one thing but you decided to follow your feeling and i mean yeah for when when one example is recently i i, I was working at spotify basically before uh working uh uh like doing um consultancy in machine learning uh like more in a freelance kind of way and uh, the situation there was great i was doing a job i really enjoyed uh, I, I i had a lot of uh, flexibility and freedom working at spotify i've been uh passionate about music for a long time so uh -huh. basically it was for it was a good salary so for everyone this would be like the dream job uh -huh. but uh I don't know. At that moment, I was uh, at. Uh, it's, it, there came a point where it was uh, an obvious that I, I I needed to to do something on my own. Okay. How, how was it obvious? It was like a feeling, or what? Yeah, like a, something like almost like a fire burning inside you. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. And um, has this feeling ever been wrong? I mean, like no. Let's let's say it this way. Has have you ever had this feeling? But it comes from a place of fear. You know, sometimes we have feelings that mm -hmm. that are pushing us to do something or not to do something. Um, like, let's say somebody might be. All the evidence suggests that he should quit his job or her mm -hmm. job, mm -hmm. but then they have a really bad feeling about it. It might be like an intuition that, yes. that mm -hmm. they need to follow, or it might be coming from a place of fear. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's a very interesting questions question. Um, to me, like, I feel you need to develop a kind of a radical honesty with yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, ultimately, deep down, you know the difference between, like, if it comes from a place of fear or inspiration, um, you just have to be honest enough with yourself to uh, just take the information without judging it, which mm -hmm. is like a very famous concept in, uh, in spirituality, but basically observing what's inside you without trying to uh, label it. And if you have this like clarity, you, you view yourself with a lens of uh, pure clarity. Then you'll, I, I, in my opinion, you will see the the difference, and you'll you'll, you'll see the answer. Yeah. How do you get that pure clarity? Watching yourself all the time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, meditation definitely helps. Basically, trying to understand yourself without no like without judgment. Uh huh. Interesting. Wow. Okay. So you meditate a lot. I try to meditate on it. I have to say, uh, recently I was uh, not as, uh, as serious as I was before, but uh, I try to meditate every day for at least 15 minutes. Okay. Is the morning is better? Evening is better? I like in the evening before going to going to bed. Okay. <laughs> you know, I would fall asleep. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a good transition from uh, your day, active day to uh, going, going to sleep. Okay. Interesting. So, um, actually, this was supposed to be a five-minute Friday episode, like a five-minute one, mm -hmm. but... Let's just keep going. This is a fun conversation. Sure. <laughs> we can make it into a big podcast. Um, all right. Well, since we're on this, uh, really cool. So tell us a bit more about yourself. Like where you mentioned in the, in the 
previous Five and Fry we're doing for Atlanta, which you said, they call Polytechnique, right? Mm-hmm. Is, is there a big, powerful school on machine learning in Paris? Um, it's the best engineering school in France in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's getting more, like it's quite a general uh, scientific school, yeah. but then you have uh, specific tracks uh-huh. uh, inside the school. And then I focused in, uh, in uh, data science. Uh, the level in mathematics at Polytechnique is super high. Uh-huh. Uh, and data science has, uh, is becoming more and more um, developed inside the school. Okay, gotcha. And why did you pick that? field to study my intuition <laughs> no i really I, I, that's a, a domain i really enjoy and uh i tried several uh, courses like in uh, several uh, fields during the university i tried uh, economics i tried biology mechanics uh and i studied math and physics for uh, for a lot long, longer before and uh i really liked computer science in general and uh i did a lot of uh, algorithmic too and uh mm-hmm. graph theory but um yeah, computer science and applied mathematics was what really enjoyed, like, what I enjoyed the most. Okay. And it's interesting, always interesting to talk to somebody who actually studied this at a university, because a lot of our students and listeners on this podcast study this themselves mm-hmm. online and through courses. What would you say are the main differences between studying data science, machine learning at a university, like one of the top universities mm-hmm. in the space in France or in the world actually versus studying it online I think the main difference is uh, the level of uh, theory compared to practice mm-hmm. uh, I think in university especially in the, the one I did we're very focused about the math behind understanding the math behind uh, the models how they work Sometimes, like many courses, we wouldn't even like code on a computer. Mm. You really understand like the the mathematical uh, principles that uh, upon which the the machine learning is based. So this gives a, a truly in depth understanding of basically what happens under the hood and uh, how it works. Uh, but I think it's not necessarily useful for everyone to understand this because ninety percent of the cases when you want to do data science. You can use like the tools almost as in uh, in a plug and play fashion. Mm-hmm. You need basically to understand how it works, like what kind of inputs you can give and uh, what what it can understand and apply them as is. Okay. Uh, and what would you say this theory? No, knowing this theory, has it changed your mindset? Like, is there any benefit apart from? the the two percent cases where you mm-hmm. actually need to change an algorithm mm-hmm. or uh, do research in that space or something like that where the theory would come and apply has it changed your mindset has it maybe made you look at problems in a different way um yes i think you uh it makes you tackle prob- problems in a, a more systematic uh approach uh-huh uh First, I think if you have a, a deep understanding of how the models work, you you have a clear uh, idea and intuition on which models would work and would not. And uh, also it's easier to understand when something like, for instance, when a deep model, uh, deep learning model doesn't train, mm-hmm. why doesn't it train? And if and it makes you question whether the architecture you, show, you chose is the best fit for the problem. Okay. So I think it, it gives you a bit more clarity on uh, why things work and one, why things don't work. So you can uh, use this as a good signal to 
explore other like uh, other uh, possibilities for models. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. And what's um, what is your systematic approach to solving problems? I usually, uh, I always usually uh, start with the most basic version of a problem. For instance, if I have a, a, a like, for instance, I would try to, um, to, to, to predict, for instance, uh, whether, uh, whether, like, if it's going to be sunny tomorrow or rainy or cloudy or in the precipitation, etc. I would start with the most simple use case. So just taking my input data and uh, training a, like a, fitting a linear regression on the data to predict just whether if it's going to be sunny or cloudy, uh -huh. for instance. And then I would uh, try to add basically rainy, cloudy, like different outputs or maybe other inputs that are a bit more complicated to pre-process. Then I would try more complicated models like random forest, gradient boosting or simple deep learning models, etc. I would really start basically with the most simple use case, like a toy example, uh -huh. and then I would uh, build upon it with is, layers. So you wouldn't, not, not only would you use a very simple um, algorithm at the start, but you'd actually simplify the problem itself. Yes, always. Can you, are you always able to do that? Like the weather example is pretty straightforward. Mm -hmm. Sunny, like weather, you simplify it to sunny, not sunny. But in business use cases, are you always able to simplify it? Um, one, one easy way to simplify is basically almost like you can just use one input feature instead of all the features you have. Uh -huh. Some like you, you know, you in the features, you can have a time series, you can have a static, uh, static features, etc. I would keep, for instance, all the static features, the one that, that no one, you know, won't change over time. Just keep these ones and try to first make a, a very simple, naive, model of prediction and then add the features uh, throughout the, your exploration and your, throughout the projects. Okay, okay, gotcha. And also incre increase the complexity of the algorithm Yes. along the way. Yeah, so basically you have, I would say, three main components, which are basically the input feature, the model, and then what you're trying to predict. Yeah. And you, I, I would always start with the most basic I can in all of uh, all of them, uh -huh. and then I would try to improve, for instance, the the features. Mm -hmm. And then once I, I have a set, I have identified a set of features that sound uh, that seems to be uh, relevant and uh, quite com uh, exhaustive, I would uh, improve the model, etc. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. When do you start the feature engineering? Um, very. I mean, it's, it's usually very. It's quite fast to to have a very basic basic model so i think usually the first thing i do is uh, uh working on the features yeah okay gotcha and so after a simple regression what do you proceed to what's the next i usually I, it depends on the project but uh usually i, I like using uh, random forest regressors uh quite quickly because especially in python you can almost use like use a linear regression and random forest uh, interchangeably with uh, scikit learn uh -huh. so it's quite easy to 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 make it run and uh, they give you a, a quite a good estimation of what like of the importance of which uh, of each feature in your uh, uh, input space so for instance i would uh, i would uh, train a random forest and i will see basically which is the the importance like the weight of each feature in the in the forest so that you have a clearer uh, understanding of which uh, feature affects the, the results the most. Mm -hmm. And it gives you a usually clearer understanding yeah, of like the dynamics of your problem. Okay, and then what do you do? 
And then? If the problem is not solved yet, if you need more accuracy or more sophisticated algorithms, which one do you choose from there? Um, usually at that point, um, it's good to have some business insights because usually like, like the experts in the field know what caused, like uh, when you have something to, to predict, they know which are the the things that can make good predictions of this output. Yeah. So it's good to uh, to have this discussion now to understand uh, if something if it's not working at all, trying to figure out whether it is because you haven't used the right features or you haven't treated them in the right way, or if the the feature the 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 the, the input data are just too noisy or uh -huh. basically try to troubleshoot why. It's not working as you expect. Okay, gotcha. And there's no general rule of. Interesting. So it's it uh, kind of segues into why we're here, right? Like that's mm -hmm. the reason why we're here. Because exactly. We're building this model for you know, months, uh, and we got to a point where it, we realized we need more domain knowledge. Exactly. So it's, we got on the planes, we came here to Switzerland, and this is our fifth day here, mm -hmm. spending it with the client, getting domain knowledge. How do how do you feel? Do you feel you've uh, gotten new insights from being here? Yes, a lot, a lot, a lot. Uh, mostly, uh, it it gave uh, it gave us a clear uh, idea of how things work. Basically, the dynamic behind the. Of course, we cannot disclose on the podcast uh, uh, the, the dyna dynamics that basically rule the problem. Yeah, and uh, this is of great help to understanding basically why the predictions we we made uh, were not. Like they were good, but not uh, like excellent, and uh, it gives direction in which area you can uh, work on and uh, improve your model. Uh huh. Okay. Very cool. And how, from your experience, because like I like we we were walking around, you know, talking to people. But I'm just curious, like for you, how was it? What was the best way to get the domain knowledge? Was it like by listening, by asking questions? By I don't know maybe reading communications was it was it, do you have any secret for, or any advice for somebody who's going to be doing the same thing and asking for looking for this domain knowledge what's the best approach to get um, it as effectively as possible? Yeah, it's an interesting question. Um, to me, I think the best way to like if you want to teach a computer to do something, you need to understand how you would do it yourself. Yeah. So to me, like like this is what we were lacking is basically the comprehension of the whole structure and the whole dynamics. And to me, you need to understand like the the problem very well, so that you like almost as if you could do it by hand. Like if you were you had enough computational power <laughs> in your brain <laughs> on a paper. Uh, like you need to understand things very clearly, so you can teach the computers the computer how to do it. Even if it's not if then statements like. Yeah. Even if you just like use a deep learning model that basically learns by itself, understanding the problem gives you a lot more keys to understand why a model is failing or why is it working, and you can uh, you have yeah definitely a much clearer analysis of the of the model. Mm -hmm. Okay, so so what's the what's the secret? What's the advice? Basically, understand the, the 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 whole scope of the project as much as possible, uh -huh. and then. It will like you'll 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 understand. It's easier to troubleshoot basically where it comes from. Then you need to explore, of course. Yeah. But uh, if you don't have a clear understanding of the the project, you can. There are many multiple factors that that can influence the results. And since you don't really understand them, you just leave them, uh, put them aside. 
Uh-huh. But uh, by understanding them very clearly, you can test almost like every assumption one by one until you, you find which one is the bottleneck. Yeah. And speaking of putting aside, it, like we had this situation where one of the things that we were working on, we decided to put on pause mm-hmm. simply because by obtaining more domain knowledge, exactly. we realized that this is not the best place where we can add value. Mm-hmm. There's other places we can add that more value. We'll come back to it later. Mm-hmm. And so that's another form of insight that yes, you can get. That's super powerful. Like any insights on how to use your time is always super helpful. Yeah. And even just like knowing what you don't know. Yes. Like that's important. Mm-hmm. Like, and even before you set out to get the domain knowledge, maybe write that out. Like, what is it? Do I know what I don't know? Or I don't yeah, even exactly. know what I don't know. Yes. Mm-hmm. Interesting, isn't it? Okay. Okay, cool. And so, also one, one thing I'd like to add that's uh, very powerful to me is also be very agnostic in your approach. So start a project without any uh, pre-assumptions like um, uh, assumptions a priori. Because mm-hmm. sometimes you, you see people, data scientists, that will, that will do some prediction model and uh, they, will, they will detect an outlier and, and they will be like, oh yeah, it's because of bug in the measure or it's a bug here and there. Yeah. But everything happens for a reason. And uh, when you actually try to really understand what caused this that you didn't expect, gives you a clearer understanding of the whole project. Uh-huh. So don't neglect the details because as, I don't know if it's a saying in English, but it's in France at least, so the devil uh, stay like the devil's in the details. Yeah, it's, yeah in English as well, yeah. Yeah, it's a good, that's a good point. Were, were there any instances like that recently for you? Um, <laughs> yeah, this, I mean, I, I would not necessarily be able to uh, yeah, say course. it without disclosing more information okay. on the project, but which it is has confidential. Happened, yeah, it has happened. Okay. Okay, gotcha. Um, all right. So now I wanted to ask you about how you maintain your level of skill, adequate skills. So after, how long have you been out of uni now? Um, two years. Two years. So mm-hmm. after leaving uni for two years, what's, what's your go-to method to make sure you are up to date with the cutting edge technology and you know these recent algorithms? Because it sounds like at university, it's really intense. Mm-hmm. And I really pushed you hard to be up there. It's, it's very easy to lose that. And it's also, this also applies to listeners who are uh, learning through online education, right? Mm-hmm. Because you might spend, like put in a lot of effort to learn something and get good at it, but then your skills are going to get outdated unless you are yes. maintaining them. So what are your ways of keeping up? So um, I would say practice, practice consistently. I have a, a mentor of mine that uh, said to me, refine, 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 and all will be fine. <laughs> and I really like the sentence and, uh, it's uh, yeah, it's very powerful, and uh, I it's, and I even noticed I was uh, like uh, on holidays for uh, three weeks, mm. and when I came back, I I, I opened a Jupiter notebook, mm. and I could feel I was not as sharp as I was uh, a month bef- uh, before. Mm-hmm. Of course, it came back very quickly, but uh, practice makes things so much easier and uh, like uh, automatic, you know. No, like when I when I in peri- periods where where I where I code a lot, mm-hmm. I can almost like code like start the beginning of a file like my eyes closed. Mm-hmm. Well, and uh, so if you're not working on a project, then what do you practice with? 
I, I mean, I, I really, really like what I do. So sometimes I, well, I just do random projects on my own. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sometimes even like at 4 a.m. or recently I was in a plane. Uh, I'm, I was going to the U.S. with friends of mine and one of them uh, had a, a position starting in September where he had to learn how to code. And I was like, oh, okay, let's do some code in the, in the plane. I'm going to teach you a bit. And uh, the, uh, my other friend was uh, solving Sudoku uh-huh. on a paper. And next to us, I was like, okay, let's code something that's, uh, that solves Sudoku. Uh-huh. And I uh, would just spend like uh, an hour trying making the, making a, uh, an algorithm that solves Sudoku automatically. Uh-huh. Did you make it? Yeah. yeah. In an hour? Uh, 45 minutes, maybe. Wow, that's so fast. You are really fast. This is something that like you are quite notorious for. Mm-hmm. How did you get so fast? Just, just for our listeners, like Mark once, this is crazy. Mark once did a prototype for a, project not with this client for another client uh of like a web scraping thing over like <laughs> it was i we were expecting it to be done like in a week it was done by morning mm. <laughs> like how do you get so fast uh it's hard to say <laughs> uh it's hard to say of course it's a lot of practice and uh like to me like coding uh almost reached like an unconscious competence level mm-hmm. so basically i i there is no loss basically between me having an idea and me implementing them. Yeah. Basically, if I can think of the thing, I can code it. Uh-huh. This is why I can, uh, I, I can, I can go that fast is basically when I do for, an, uh, I think of the, the thing I want to do and, uh, and I think, for instance, okay, I'll need to sort this array and then do this and this and this and this. Yeah. And then I just do it. Yeah. There's no like, oh, how am I going to do it? Uh, should I do this? Should I do that? Let me pull up a tutorial or. I mean, of course, I don't know everything. I have to Google like uh, specific functions. But uh, when I see the problem, I when I have the clear plan of what I want to do, I do it. It's uh-huh. hard to explain. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, that's, that's very cool. Did you do any touch typing courses or something like that? No. No? No. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. Um, <clears throat> all right. So spoke a bit about that. Um, I see you reading the magic of thinking big. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Enjoying it? Uh, yeah, it's very super interesting. It's yeah. a super interesting book. Yeah. I remember it as a book that mostly teaches you how to be a good person. Yes. Also, yeah. What what is your main takeaway? Um so far, you're what just about over halfway? Yes, about halfway. I mean something I was uh it gives you like a, I've been like uh learning this kind of concepts for a while now, so the concepts are not brand new for me, but uh, he gives like uh, he shines light on the details that I haven't haven't had before. But basically, the main thing is the way you think and totally either empower you or disempower you, uh-huh. depending on you on the thoughts you choose to oh, that's true. maintain. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, it's um, kind of uh, stems back to what we started with. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That it's not about the thing, it's about where it's coming from. Exactly. The same situation, you can view it in very different angles that definitely change the, how you react to it. Yeah. When there is a, even the words you choose, when there is something unexpected that happens, you can say, oh, we have a big problem, it's terrible, uh, we're going to, it's the end of the world, etc. Or you can say, oh, we have a situation. Um, uh, it's interesting that that happens. We'll figure it out, and once we have figured it out, we'll figured it out. Uh, we'll have a deeper understanding of how it works, and we were we will be able not to make this uh, mistake again in the yeah. future. And it's like basically the same situation, but 
so much so so different angles mm. to tackle it and it really changes the way you act totally agree i'm reading a book called how yoga works mm -hmm. given to me by a very dear friend of mine and it uh hmm. you can see I, i knew this before that yoga is not actually just about the poses mm -hmm. yoga the word actually translates as union it's like union of uh spirit mind and body or union of your left and right hemispheres um creative and analytical and all these things and actually in the in the book of yoga there's less than 10 percent about poses but uh, this this book how yoga works is is more of like a novel about this lady that's or girl that's walking from tibet and gets um stuck in a police station and teaches the captain there how to do yoga and one of the quotes and she explains these quotes to him and one of the quotes is uh goes something along like paraphrasing but it goes along the lines of um things that are not themselves often seem to us as if they are mm -hmm. and it's like full of these quotes like go figure what are they <laughs> mind-boggling quotes yeah. like if you stop reading them for a second you're like what is that it's like written a very like uh walking around the main point thing but i think it's in purpose to yes make you think of it Uh, and then they explains, and the, it was interesting how they explained it, or the, the girl explained it to this captain at this police station. And he had these pens that were out of bamboo, which is basically a bamboo uh, shoot that you dip into ink, and then, or a piece of bamboo, you dip into ink, and you write with it. And so she's asking him, is this a pen? He's like, yes. Is it a pen on its own? Yes. Like, is it, uh, like, is it by itself? Is it a pen? He's like, yes, of course. What are you talking about? And then she looks out the window and there's a cow there. And she gives that pen to the cow and the cow eats the pen. So the, for the cow, for the, for the uh, captain, it was a pen, the bamboo shit. But for a cow, it was a thumb, something to eat. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so basically, uh, similar to your concept that you described, this one is that our minds extend the meaning of things. Yes give meanings. It doesn't exist out there in the world in the way we think it exists. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The, the, the item or even phrase or event might have a, a completely different purpose. Yes, yes. And it's so, therefore, it's so powerful. What meaning do we give to it? Exactly what you said. Right? Exactly. And what is like, it's a philosophical debate, but uh, what is truth? Yeah. Because if what we perceive is only our like perception of the reality, what is reality? Yeah. Interesting. I heard a recent interesting thought that we're, we tend to equate ourselves to our faces. Like, this is me, mm -hmm. Kirill. This is Mark. I recognize you. But in reality, we're actually sitting behind our faces. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's this wetware, three and a half kilograms of um, biochemical connections and whatever mm -hmm. else that is sitting behind the face mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that, or you have these five, six or six senses, like information is coming in, uh, six because of maybe gyroscopic can be counted as super sense, but you have all these senses coming in and you, you creating this model of the world. So, you know, we go all the way back to the matrix and all these things. Exactly. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. But at the end of the day, well, it is what it is, right? <laughs> um, cool. Very cool. So, um, Why did you quit Spotify? Um, I mean, I, I always had in mind the idea of uh, working on my own. I, I uh, This is something I really wanted. I, I really view life as a game. Mm. 
And uh, basically, I, I, I learned a lot working at Spotify. It was a great experience. But then I was like, okay, I want, I want to explore new stuff. I want to play the business game, you know? Mm. See, try, try new stuff. Some things will work, some work out. Some things will, some things will fail. Mm-hmm. We'll see, but uh, I want to. I like playing and exploring yeah. the world. So no, no regrets. Yeah, no regrets. Wow. Yeah, nobody must have understood that. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to understand when. Yeah, know. yeah. Not just a cushy job, but a great job, right? Yeah, it was a great job. Yeah. Uh, like if you asked me, if you had asked me three years ago, what would be your best job? I think I would say AI for music. Because you love music, right? I love music, I love AI, so yeah. it's like the best of both worlds. And what you said today at lunch was really cool, that it's Spotify is full of people who love music. Yes. Wow. So to give up something like that, mm-hmm. you got to have um, a lot of courage in the face of uncertainty. Yeah, I, I got that a few times, actually, when I left Spotify. And I also was living in London, and I came back to Paris, and this happened very quickly, like... Uh, like almost like from one day to the other, I sent my uh, resignation later, <laughs> uh, letter and, uh, I moved back to Paris, uh, just like I had a one month notice and I, I moved back to France uh-huh. and, uh, many people told me, oh, you, you're very brave and, uh, courageous to have uh, left everything, uh, like so quickly and coming back to Paris. And, uh, I don't know, to me, it didn't feel like, uh, like something out of, uh, like, extraordinary at all it was just the next logical step you know yeah. i had something in mind i was like okay now it's time to do it yeah and uh i had really this sensation uh that's basically when people like told me oh it's it must be uh, strange to come back etc it must be difficult i was like no i mean I, my two hands are still here my two legs are still here my body my mind is still here it's all, all fine i'm still here you know wow i love that my two hands my two legs everything well basically yeah like things around me changed but i was here <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah makes sense that's that's really cool i heard a i read a quote recently that life begins at the end of your comfort zone mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and even though maybe in your case spotify was when you're a junior as you said looking ahead was a jump a leap forward so it's an exciting thing you do new projects and so on but within the two years, especially at you know the the speed at which you learn and, and code, mm-hmm. you probably got to a level where now it became part of your comfort zone, and to stay there would mean mm. to stay yeah, within your probably, comfort yeah. zone. Mm. Interesting. I had a similar experience when I was uh, leaving Deloitte. I did two years at Deloitte, and then I went to uh, Sun Super, which is a pension fund in Australia, like an industry type of job. And then I only did 11 months. I didn't even wait (laughs) for 12 uh, because I felt that's it. You know, comfort zone Mm -hmm. has expanded. And as you say, like I would rather experiment and fail and learn and and do it again rather than just stay within my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. Um, Different people have different levels though of tolerance to uncertainty. Yes. What would you say to those who want to make a leap, but feel some sort of hesitation? I would say it's very normal to, to have hesitation. I always do. Mm. But I always try to basically make the, like, actually take and like take the first action that towards the, the end goal. 
Mm -hmm. So if you feel like you want to, and sometimes it can be very extreme, if you feel you want to move to another city or something, just send your landlord a letter that you're going to quit the apartment in three months. Mm -hmm. That way you have like, once you're, you started like to have, when, once you start to have this ball rolling and have the momentum, you'll have to figure out what to do. Hmm. If you send basically to, land, to the, your landlord, okay, you can stop my contract, uh, my lease now, you'll have to figure out like, an, like for another solution, right? Yeah, radical commitment. Yeah, like that, that's usually what I do is I make like, uh, yeah, there was a, a training I wanted to go that happened in the US right after my, 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 my master's. And I was uh, hesitating a lot going there, where, whether I should go there, whether I should not go there. And uh, of course, I had a lot of doubts. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to pay for the, for the training. That will figure out all the rest later. But I know I will do it eventually because I'll have to figure it out. And I paid. Yeah. And you went? Yes. Yeah, I did. Was it worth it? Uh, definitely worth it. Wow. That's a cool, cool story. And also the more... The more you go out of your comfort zone, the easier it is. Yeah. So, for instance, it can start with uh, taking cold showers in the morning. Yeah. I know you do this uh, <laughs> every day. We, we talked about this. I did yeah. this for a few months uh, last year. Or even just like when you go to work, just use a different way. Uh, maybe cycle to your work if you're used to taking the bus. Or walk in a diff different streets or do different things. And this will uh, give you more diversity in your thoughts. Basically, it extends your uh, creativity and your thought patterns, and it allows you to uh, to think more widely. I would say. Mm. Interesting. And stepping out of your comfort zone doesn't necessarily always mean to be more ambitious, fast, mm -hmm. strong. I don't know, brave, like. And doing unexpected mm -hmm. things, people will be surprised at. Sometimes stepping outside your comfort zone, and I'm discovering this for myself, is actually means the opposite: mm -hmm. becoming more for humble or more yes. caring, more mm -hmm. um, like soft with people, right? yes. like something you don't do before. Like that's like one thing I definitely need to uh, step out of my comfort zone and work on is like developing closer deeper connections mm -hmm. and relationships uh with people because otherwise i find myself like rushing around like the world <laughs> and doing lots of things but i forget that you know you can connect with people on the deeper level they are people in my life that i connect with but not everybody and and not that you have to care with everybody but like certain certain relationships you can develop and i'm not used to that but that's also an example of stepping mm -hmm. inside your comfort zone yeah, very similar. Sometimes you're afraid of saying to people you appreciate that you appreciate them. People yeah. can feel it can feel a bit scary, or saying thank you. And to me, this is it can be out of your comfort zone, but super positive and not like as you mentioned, super ambitious, adventurous. Yeah. Just allowing yourself to open up a bit more. Yeah, it's uh, it's yeah, it's a great uh, it's a great. Skill. skill yeah great skill too yeah and there's lots of examples of of things that like whatever makes you uncomfortable basically mm -hmm. is uh maybe something you could look into to try step out your comfort zone mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Interesting. Interesting how in life you can develop lots of different things, you know, mm -hmm. machine learning skills on one hand, self-development on the other. Mm -hmm. um, what else are you into? Are you into any sports or anything like that? Uh, not so much anymore. I used to uh, play uh, tennis and uh, basketball for a while uh -huh. and uh, Krav Maga. Okay. Oh, but you, you play guitar, right? Yes, I do play the guitar. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, yeah, music music is is great. It's a great passion too. <laughs> okay, cool. So what's next for you? Uh, you getting on the plane in a few hours? Yes, I'm uh, flying back to Paris and have a dinner with my family tonight. Nice. Very nice. Uh, then a good weekend and then and then uh, maybe looking into some different projects we picked up here. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Okay, cool. So what would your um, before we wrap up, would, would your one piece of advice be to those who are entering the field of machine learning, deep learning? Like, what's one big, if you could give yourself three years ago, one piece of advice, what would it be? Enjoy the process. Enjoy the process. Enjoy, have fun. Uh, yeah, learn new stuff, enjoy learning it. And uh, if you have nice ideas ideas of things you want to implement like how, like toys you want to make with with ai try this this is the best the, for me the best way to learn is having a project you have in mind that that uh which inspires you uh -huh. <laughs> and then uh work on it work on it until it works it's a great source of uh, motivation and learning and uh, yeah yeah fantastic fantastic well thanks a lot mark for coming thank you for the invitation awesome have a safe flight today thank you Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for being here today on the Super Day Science Podcast. Thank you for joining us today uh, for our conversation with Mark. I hope you enjoyed the valuable insights that Mark was sharing and also our conversations on things like how thoughts, the thoughts you choose can affect the way you live. I found those very, very valuable. As usual, you can get the show notes at www.superdayscience.com slash 307. That's superdayscience.com slash 307. We will link to all the materials mentioned on the show notes. And of course, you can connect with Mark there as well. And if this episode sounded inspiring to you and your business, your enterprise wants to work with Blue Life, you can always find us at www.bluelife.ai. On that note, thank you so much for being here once again. And I look forward to seeing you back here next time. Until then, happy analyzing. <laughs>